1: I'm at Long Cove Club in Hilton Head, South Carolina. The Darius Rucker Intercollegiate just getting ready to start. This is a monumental day for this podcast. It's the very first on-camera, in-person podcast. My co-host, Steve Burkowski, is somewhere on the range getting ready for the TV broadcast. But before she tees off today, i got Ingrid Lindblad, a senior from LSU. Here to join me on the podcast, probably one of the biggest guests that we've had just in terms of talent, accomplishments. Ingrid, thanks for coming on.
2: Thank you for having me here.
1: Now you're a senior, right? Yeah. It seems like you've been at LSU for six, seven, eight seasons. Oh no, like it feels
2: like I've been there for like a year. <laughs> now <laughs> you're
1: you're planning on coming back for a fifth year still. Is that still the still the plan? Um, or uh
2: Yeah, at least like stay for the fall. Okay.
1: And then try try Q school, yeah. try Q series. Now, uh, for those who don't know, the practice round was yesterday, Sunday. We're, rec- we're recording this bright and early on a Monday morning. Uh, was trying out my video stuff as I was talking about last week on the pod. I, I think Ingrid's probably tired of me because she saw me last week at Moon Golf for a day. I had a camera in her face yesterday morning for a couple hours. Uh, I think you're probably ready to just not see Bruntley from Golf Channel for a little while, huh?
2: I mean, it's all right. Like that's that's part of the experience and part of the job, you know.
1: Now, do you, do you get camera shy, or do you get on the course if there's a video camera or something behind you, or are you used to it by now?
2: No, I think I'm a little used to it. Like you don't think about it as much as I did, probably like the first time. But it's still like, oh, some someone might be watching from somewhere else, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. Is there anything that stresses you out on a day to day basis? Or are you pretty? You seem um, pretty pretty easy going. There
2: was, I think, my. The first time I played SEC championship, they had like a camera team that they weren't like really used to like shooting golf. So yeah. they're like too close. So I had to tell them like, you have to like back up because this is way too close. And that made me really uncomfortable. How,
1: how close are we talking about?
2: Um, I mean, on the T boxes, like I like to step like behind the ball and make a practice swing. And it was like almost like I would hit them. So <laughs> a
1: little too close. Uh, now speaking of SEC, is we got probably less than two months now until the SEC championship. How would you characterize this season so far for the LSU Tigers?
2: I mean, we had two wins in the fall and then um, one moon golf last week. So, I mean, it's it's been a good season and um, having a good week here would, you know, it would really help out.
1: Now, what's it going to take to figure out Greyhawk this time around?
2: I think it, Greyhawk is about, like, minimizing your mistakes. like making a bogey instead of a double and just just have to keep the ball in play and like make good mistakes not bad mistakes
1: now that's a course that you don't hit a lot of drivers on is that right
2: um it depends like how they set up the course because sometimes they set it up since the ball is flying so far up there um sometimes they set it up so my driver would like run into the most narrow spots on the course so I just usually hit a lot of three and five woods. It
1: also depends on how well you're hitting your driver too that week, huh?
2: I mean, yeah. <laughs> if you're hitting it great, then might as well just hit it, you know.
1: Now let's let's go way back. I mean, this is we're probably going back how old are you now? Twenty, twenty one?
2: Twenty two. Twenty two.
1: Okay. So go back uh fifteen or so years or twenty years. Uh, just talk a little bit about how you got started in the game. What made you interested in golf? Did your parents play and um Just maybe take us through this first few years of uh, building what is now a top two, top three amateur in the world.
2: Yeah, so it was me, my brother, my cousins, and we kind of like started playing together. But I was actually like too young (laughs) to get into into a group. Like I was five and you had to be six. Um, So they're like, oh, you know, she she can join anyway. Um, And then... In the, in the beginning, it was just, like, in the summers, like, we didn't... It was not always, like, hitting golf balls. It could be, like, hitting tennis balls or just, like, having fun with plastic golf clubs, basically.
1: Now, what, what golf club is this at? in us, Okay.
2: It's in uh. I'm not gonna.
1: I'm not gonna try to spell that. Yeah,
2: yeah, like southwest coast of Sweden.
1: (laughs) So was it a thing where since you weren't old enough to play, did they kind of have to sneak you on the course, or or did they? No, it
2: was more like they asked. And since like my brother was in a group and like my cousins got into a group, they were like, "Oh, like can she be in it too?" Now were you better than your your brother? Um, I mean, now I'm better better than my brother, but um, back then it was like. It wasn't like a competition back then. It was just like having fun with it.
1: Mm-hmm. Now, did you only do golf from an early age, or did you have any other hobbies? Or yeah, I played.
2: Um, I played soccer for a little bit until I was like ten. What position? Um, I don't know what it, I don't know what it's called in English. Defense. Uh, <laughs> um, no, wing? I played the like the middle the, the middle line. Midfield. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the thing is that, like, I played with, uh, boys because they didn't have a girls team. So I never got to play. Like, if we had, if we had a match, like, I never got to play. So it wasn't really fun anymore.
1: Angry Limblad rode the bench.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I figure skated for like eight years. Really? Yeah. Um, <laughs> now that's kind of hard to believe, but I did. Triple axle or? No, I landed axles, uh, in like a double. Is it called double salt show in English?
1: You're talking to the wrong person. Yeah.
2: <laughs> um, But I landed like two like double jumps and that was it.
1: <laughs> when did you realize that golf was going to be something that you could do at a high level?
2: Well, it like it came to a point where it was like figure skating or golf. And then figure skating we had. It was like practice at like 7 a.m. on a Saturday. And at, like 9 or 10 p.m. on like Thursdays. So it came to a point where like. I can't do like everything, mm-hmm. and then golf was more like you can practice at any time, um basically do it in in you know anywhere, <laughs> um so that was kind of the point so
1: what age did you give up figure skating?
2: I was like thirteen or fourteen,
1: okay. So, right around, is it, is it, do you have middle school in, in Sweden or? or yeah, what's, so What's we, the structure of, of schools? Yeah. So,
2: we do, we start like, there's like one grade before first grade. Mm-hmm. And then you go first grade through ninth grade. And then you do three years of high school. Only
1: three years? Yeah. Okay. So, 10th, 11th, 12th grade, ninth grade is considered, you know, what, what do you call ninth it? Ninth grade is, school?
2: no, ninth grade is ninth grade.
1: <laughs> Just ninth grade? Yeah. On its own.
2: <laughs> yeah. No, it's like we say, First grade, second grade, third grade, and so on, like up to ninth grade. Okay. And then we say, like, first year of high school, second year of high school, and third year, like, last year of high school.
1: When did you decide that college golf in the States was going to be something that you did? I mean, there's a pipeline from Sweden. I mean, you had some great players just ahead of you, whether it was Frieda Schinhold or uh, Beatrice uh, Valine. I guess, was was in your – was she in your
2: no, She's one, year, one older year older than me. One
1: year older than you. So you had some mm-hmm. decent role models, people to – kind of set the set the example um, just talk about what made you decide to play college golf
2: I was I was kind of late in the recruiting process like I started playing really well in like 2017 2018 which was like right when people like started to go like oh I'm going to college and I'm like oh everyone's signing for college maybe I should like try it too you know Uh, so I was recruited in like beginning of the summer like 2018 and then I had committed like end of August 2018.
1: What were you ranked in the world amateur golf ranking at that point? About
2: oh, I I actually talked to Garrett about this like this week. Um, I think when I came to LSU, I was like, I was either like in hundreds or like two hundreds.
1: Okay, you were so that was pretty high. Yeah. Yeah, and and you had won the the Annika uh, Invitational mm-hmm. Junior, so you were on the map. Yeah. Now, were there any other schools? What were the other maybe top schools that were really trying to trying to get you?
2: I visited. I only visited LSU and University of Kentucky, actually.
1: What did you think of Baton Rouge when you first arrived?
2: I mean, so we just spend most of our time like on campus. So campus, like, it felt good. Like, we have like great apartments. Um, you can walk. It takes like five minute to walk to class. So, well, overall, like battle the only thing in battle is like lsu
1: <laughs> now please tell me during your visit garrett had tickets for you to a night game at death valley uh,
2: no i visited in the beginning of august uh-huh. so so <laughs> as right a before no. football season yeah did
1: you at least get to go to the football stadium and look yeah at yeah, it? yeah yeah i went
2: in and t- took a picture
1: okay i mean that's like <laughs> you know having a car collection and not showing off the lamborghini or something. yeah and then i
2: got to see like mike the tiger and stuff too
1: now, you're a big Mike the Tiger fan, I guess. You got the head cover, yeah. a couple head covers. Now, uh, for those who don't know, Ingrid's Mike the Tiger current head cover, he's a little bit injured. Uh, his, <laughs> his his insides are a little bit broken. Driver may or may not get stuck in it. And this is it.
2: even my second one. And this
1: is her second one. And, and they don't make them anymore. And they don't make them anymore. So, she's trying to keep Mike alive, I guess. He's, yeah. a, he, he's, on, he's on life support. Um, <laughs> but uh, what's, uh, what's your major?
2: Uh, I'm a sports admin major.
1: Okay. Now, class, would you characterize it as super difficult, easy, maybe somewhere in the middle?
2: No, I would. School in the U.S. is so much easier than school in Sweden.
1: Are you trying to say that that we're uh, a little, uh, maybe not not as smart over here? Or?
2: Um, more like I feel like the work here is just like do the work and you'll get a hundred. At home, if you do that, you have to put in like the little extra to get that like that B or that A. Mm-hmm.
1: Now if you do make it to Q series let's just hypothetically say you you turn pro mid season um would you be on track to graduate before then or
2: Yeah, I'm on track to graduate this spring.
1: Okay. And then you're going to do a grad program?
2: Uh yeah, so apparently since I'm an international I have to like declare a major, mm-hmm. either declare like another like undergraduate yeah. or I have to um be in like a master's program. I can't just take classes i talked to my advisor about that she's like you can't do that as an international
1: i don't think anyone can do that can you maybe i don't
2: i don't know she said like particularly for like internationals
1: maybe because you're a visa you have to be a full-time student yeah that makes sense now we mentioned garrett earlier your head coach garrett runyon used to be on the men's side was part of chuck winstead's 2015 national championship team moved over to the women's after that just talk about your guys relationship um you you obviously have been around other teams other coaches but what do you think makes Garrett so special as a head coach
2: well I think like he's not just a coach for us like if you need help with something else like he would gladly help you out and I mean (laughs) to the like the beginning like my freshman year he had only been around like girls like for a year so it was like sometimes we're like Garrett you can't do that because like he realized like He's like I can't do that with girls but guys wouldn't care about it. So we we've taught him a few things and like he's realized a few things about us but I think overall he's just you know he he's a human being too and um I don't know. <laughs> he's he's a great coach overall I would say. Does he
1: feel like a second dad to you now? Yeah. What's maybe the an example of a time where you know maybe you were feeling a little down and he helped pick you back up
2: um usually before around i usually like i can go to him on the range and i was like garrett like i need a pep talk <laughs> <laughs> um so just it, i think it's like it's the little things like the details and um he just he he can help you out with like anything i feel
1: now college golf you do a lot of traveling together uh, I think you you guys are in a house this week, so it's yeah, close quarters a little bit. Um, but what what kind of traveler is Ingrid Lindblad? Are are, are you a are are you a tough traveler? Are you easy going? Like, do you eat just about anything? Like, let's let's talk about what it's like to travel with you.
2: Um, when it comes to food, I'm pretty picky. Um, it's usually like, can we eat here? Is this from is it- There's something on the menu that I would like chicken
1: tenders and fries or
2: Uh, (laughs) (laughs) no, I would say on a travel day, I'm trying to be like the more healthy person because you sit on a plane a lot and like, it's not like you're going to use a ton of energy Mm -hmm. Um, on the airport. I'm the fast walker.
1: (laughs) I've experienced this. We were I I was trying to walk backwards yesterday filming (laughs) her. And I thought I was going to trip over. I had to tell her to slow down. I felt, I felt a little mean about it, but, uh,
2: you do walk really fast. Yeah. So if we get off an airplane and we have to go to the next gate, I'm usually the one who takes off. And I'm also the person who, if we're not an escalator going up, I take the double steps.
1: Just, and do you try to beat the people on the escalator?
2: Um, well, it depends on how many people are on it.
1: Yeah. That's true. That's true. (laughs) Now, I, I guess, I mean, there could be a situation where, you're a fast walker. You actually get to the point in time and the rest of the rest of the team misses the flight.
2: Yeah, I'm, I mean, I we had once in New Orleans when we were going to nationals in uh, 2021, I guess. Yeah. Uh, we almost, so there was like a huge flood in Baton Rouge. Like it rained a ton overnight. Uh, and we had to go from Baton Rouge to New Orleans to catch our flight. And um, the security line in New Orleans like took forever. And I ended up sprinting from the, security to the gate and no shoes do you not have tsa pre i do not have pre-check what no
1: i think it's like 80 bucks um although i think as an international maybe yeah i'm not
2: i i don't know i haven't see. i haven't tried if i could get it or not
1: Hmm. maybe that's something to Um, maybe i should look into that as a professional although i I did see you guys flew private here we did
2: that's pretty um yeah it was our first time on the like we have a small plane, which is like, there are only six seats plus the seat on the toilet, which Alexis gets to sit on. <laughs> um, and then we found out, um, we took the, the tail number off the, the bigger plane and we found out that we're, it was scheduled to fly from Baton Rouge to Hilton Head. So we found out like through like, Flood history and stuff that.
1: So you actually looked that up once he tells yeah. you five in private. You're like, all right, are we on the toilet plane or the... <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> and it was our first time on the little bigger one, and it was a lot. It was a lot more smooth than the smaller one.
1: Now let's talk a little nil uh, name name image and likeness. Uh, I, I understand there's some there were some hang ups I guess early for internationals. Has that been solved? Like, are are you making money now? Or
2: no. So the thing with nil is that we can't work in the u.s but when we were in the bahamas like two weeks ago we were able to like sign a few things and do a few things for like bayou traditions um so we were able to do that but if i would want to do something in sweden i could do that i just i can't work in the u.s
1: now i think once you turn professional though I yeah, I mean, it's going to change. I think you'll make up for it a little bit. Yeah. Um, now, now let's talk about that. Um, there's been some really good Swedish players, Lynn Grant, Maya Stark, that have started their careers over on the Ladies European Tour. Um, really, I think they won double digits combined in the first couple of years so far. Yeah. Maya's on LPGA. Lynn's kind of on the LPGA. I mean, we, we won't get into that, but uh, um, what's what's kind of – have you started to chart out maybe what your approach would be? Um, when you turn pro? Like, would you go over to the L.E.T. and play that? Or is your main thing to try to get that LPGA card right off the bat? I
2: think the main thing is to get the card in the States. For L.E.T., it's more if you want to play, like, the Solim Cup, you need a membership on the L.E.T. But I think the main thing is to get it here. Um, But, you know... If you if you feel like you want to play at home as well, then might as well just get that LET card as well.
1: How pro ready do you feel right now? I mean, obviously last summer you had a good week at the U.S. Women's Open. Um, if if we dropped you in the middle of an LPGA tournament today, how do you think you'd do? And what parts of your game do you think would stack up pretty well?
2: Oh, that's a that's a good question. I think pro ready. Like I know many things, but there are also like a lot of things to learn about it uh and in an LPGA tournament, I mean, <laughs> the U.S. Women's Open is about as hard as it gets. I feel so. You know, if if someone would drop me off, I would be like, "Yeah, I'm gonna try to play as good, as well as possible."
1: So top ten ball striker on the LPGA today, top fifteen. Oh,
2: I I have I don't know. <laughs> I have a really hard time like comparing that. Yeah, it's so hard with women women's golf as well because there there's not a lot of like stats, mm-hmm. and everything.
1: Now, you guys keep decent amount of stats at LSU, don't you? Mm-hmm. Talk a little bit about that. I understand you had, maybe it was an analytics person or a data person come and talk to you guys, and there was one aspect of your game that was, like, the biggest weakness. Can you kind of share what that was? Something about, like, long putts or something? You you're long? Oh, yeah.
2: So, we use a system called Game Forge, and... Um... I think our coaches they like know the guy who like created a system, so every semester semester we get a video, so he goes over like he does uh like a screencast, so he goes over like, oh, uh if you get these numbers up then it would help this and so on so <laughs> they keep complaining about my let's see uh I think it's the in like in positions, which is like I hit a lot of greens and a lot of greens are inside twenty feet but I don't make a ton of putts within 20 feet. So, basically, my ball striking is really good, but when it comes to making those little longer putts, it's not as good. But the thing is also, I think on average, like a PGA Tour player makes like one putt over 10 feet yeah. on average during a round. So, it's not that I want to like put all my focus into that, but I mean, it's a good thing to know.
1: I mean, if you start making four or five of those you could be unbeatable yeah (laughs) now what what uh do you do you know your your swing speed and and ball speed numbers or
2: yeah it's it's gone down a little bit last year i was like on the range i was like 100 and like with my driver and like a hundred two three on the course it's gone down a little bit but i feel like i still get a lot like out of my driver so to say like even though my spring speed has gone down with the seven irons, it's usually like 82, 83.
1: Mm-hmm. Now, we were talking yesterday about, you know, just kind of swing stuff and how you. some people, I guess, get all, a lot of their power. They generate a lot of their power from the ground. You're more rotational. Can you just kind of maybe explain um, like how, 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 how you do that? for people who don't know kind of you know (laughs) maybe for someone like me i
2: don't really know how i do that actually because we went to um there's this one place in sweden they do a big like swing analytics and stuff um so they put all these 3d stuffs on and everything and uh they're like oh you have no like force into the ground basically you just have rotational force i've been working on like getting like more power into the ground and everything um, but I don't know if that could come from like figure skating or something that it's a lot of like rotation and figure skating and not so much like down into the ground.
1: So the next time you hit a drive, you can say you, you, you trip, you, you know, triple axled that one or double axled <laughs> that one. <laughs> not really. A, see, you, you can tell him a dad cause that was a really bad, really bad dad <laughs> joke. Um, let's talk Augusta a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, heading back there in a few weeks, nearly won there last year. Um, but first let's talk about your teammate um what, what what was it like being in the mix last year and then seeing latana stone kind of come up short kind of struggle there down the stretch what was it like balancing the all right i'm disappointed for myself but i think as a teammate i need to you know maybe maybe comfort latana a little bit
2: so we were in like two different positions i feel i kind of came from behind I was in the middle of the field of the people who played at Augusta, so I kind of came from behind, played really well that last round. I mean, Latana still played well, um, played really well that last round. I ended up sitting in the clubhouse because they're like, you can't go anywhere because we don't know what's going to happen. And then I think Anna finished. I watched Latana, not on the course, but in the clubhouse. I got big like TV for myself and like a leaderboard. So, sat in there, watched her McDouble on 17, and then watched her Bogey 18, and I'm, like, I, like, almost started crying, cause I was like, I can't, it's, it's so hard to watch golf. So hard. I also realized that at SEC, like, the, the week after, that it's so hard to watch golf. Um, compared to just playing it out by yourself. So, just, like, watching her, like, I was sad for her, but I was also, like, very proud, cause, Champions Retreat and in Augusta. Those are not easy courses. So I was like very proud of her how she handled it. Um, and then at SECs, like one or two weeks later, she got to make the winning putt. So that kind of, <laughs> you Maybe know, it it helped a little bit, I think. <laughs> yeah, a, little, a
1: little ease the sting if there even was still one. Yeah, I, I, I heard she went shopping or, or planned to go shopping right after Augusta. Oh yeah, yeah. She she
2: went she went to the shop and bought bought a ton of things. So
1: <laughs> right, so going back to. Augusta National, what um, what's maybe something that you feel like you didn't do well the first couple times there that you're going to make a point to try to make sure that that's not going to be something that, that keeps you back this year?
2: I mean, again, it's like both of those courses are about like minimizing mistakes. Like Champions Retreat, we, we actually talked about that when we had our camp in January with the Swedish team that some holes on that course you just have to hit on a certain line Take the two putt, get out of there, or chip I'll try to make it up and down, get out of there. So just doing those like simple things, not making like too many mistakes around the greens, like minimizing the three putts, and then I mean at Augusta National Um I mean they usually put the pins in the bowls for us, <laughs> which is nice because they want us to play well there. So just trying to hit it hit it close and then Whenever you have to two putt it, you just make sure that you read the break co- correctly because it could like it could break like ten feet out there on some holes.
1: Mm-hmm. Now you'll be one of the favorites this year. I think another favorite, no doubt, is going to be Rose Zhang from Stanford. Uh, how do how do you and maybe other top players view Rose? I would she
2: she's like I would say she's like a complete player. Like she, I would say she's a little like sneaky long. Um, I think I probably carry the ball a little bit further, but she has like, she can hit it far and then just she's making like minimal mistakes, I would say. And her putting is great. So,
1: and she's also a pretty, pretty nice person. Too. Yeah. So it's hard to, it's hard to be like, man, I really she keeps beating us and Yeah, I really want to beat her, but she's also really nice. Yeah. Is that tough to, as a competitor or?
2: I mean, yeah, a little bit like you can't you can't blame her like she's playing well and she's she's nice. So do you
1: do you ever like if you're paired with her, do you ever just try to like make up something like, man, she made fun of me for some reason, like just so that you, no, a little edge <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> what What's probably the one facet of her game that you, you admire? You call her a complete player. What's the what's the one facet of her game if you could steal from her and put in your
2: repertoire? Um, when I, I played with Rose at the Stevens cup in the fall and I'm just very impressed by like her mental game. Like you can't see if she's five over par or five under par. Uh, for me, it's more like I'm playing well and then I'm playing bad and you can kind of see it. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, that's something that impresses me.
1: What's, what's one thing you do? What's one tick you have when you're not playing well that Garrett can instantly um, tell maybe. From looking across we,
2: the fairway, they can come out some bad Swedish words.
1: <laughs> which which brings me to the last thing I wanted to close with. I learned a little bit of Swedish. I forgot most of it. <laughs> I, I do know that yes is some, oh, in some places. Yeah,
2: and in, in the north you can be like, and that's a yes.
1: <laughs> so so let's. I'm going to say a few words or college golf terms in English, and just okay. Let's. A lot Let's of go golf words are the same in Swedish. Really? Yeah. So what would uh, what would drive driver be? Driver. What would tea time be? Started. See, that's different.
2: Yeah, it's like it means like starting time. It's the same thing. What, or we say tea time.
1: What would bogey be? Bogey. What would college golf talk be?
2: College golf prat. <laughs> How
1: do you say the last one?
2: Prat. Prot. Prat? Prat. P-R-A-T.
1: I can't roll my R's. That's our issue. Prat. Prat. College golf Prat. Well, with that, another episode of college golf Prat. <laughs> that was awful with Ingrid Lindblad. Ingrid, thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me. And that was Ingrid Lindblad after her T11 finish at the Darius Rucker Intercollegiate. And with that said, let me bring on my co-host, Steve Burkowski. Burko. Thanks for joining. It's always good to catch up. Uh, sad you couldn't be there for the interview, but we know uh, TV calls, and that's the most important thing on these weeks. Well, you did a heck of a job, as always. Uh, and let's be honest, everyone wants to hear from Ingrid rather than me, and rightfully so, second-ranked amateur in the world. that thought she was going to make a run uh, on Wednesday. We're doing this Thursday midday. Uh, I thought she was going to get uh, victory number 11 at LSU, but uh, you've done a heck of a job getting the big names, the guests to uh, join College Golf Talk. We'll talk about LSU and what they were able to do in Hilton Head in just a moment. But as always, College Golf Talk brought to you by Velocity Global as they seamlessly connect employers and talent, anyone, anywhere, anytime, anyhow. It's global work platform. It's built on cloud-based technology, compliance expertise. An unmatched scale in 185 countries in all 50 United States. The world of work is forever changed. Talent can live anywhere, work for anyone, and get the job done. And more than 1,000 businesses engage top talent in another state or another country without the need to set up a foreign entity or registration. They rely on Velocity Global to make it simple and compliant. Velocity Global, accelerating the future of work. If you'd like to learn more, Visit VelocityGlobal.com slash golf. Please tell me home... you got that memorized. Please tell me. Oh, I was that's just top of mind. I mean, come on, <laughs> Velocity Global. I've got that front and center. We both made it home safely. I was a little before midnight. You were probably just a little after midnight. But uh, I had two stacks breakfasts. I could have gone four for four. But I bookended my trip with the crab cake Benedict. Oh delightful home run. Uh, I, would I didn't it make it there. Day. I didn't. How can you not? It's get, right on the way from the hotel. Right I didn't the get Bruce the Inn. invite. I didn't get the invite, but I, well, I, I was getting I, there. I will say early. you did, you did reach out to me and said, Hey, how about tomorrow? And I had a few other things I needed to uh, sort of take care in the 90 minutes before heading out to the course. But We understand. Uh, we understand. It happens. It happens. But what a great week at long Cove club. Bob Patton, director of golf, a good friend, a great man. They put on a show because you and I noticed in the beginning, not tens, not hundreds, maybe a 1,000 people every day filtering through the front gate. This is more than family, friends, acquaintances. The scene around the first tee, the 18th green. Other than maybe a couple of NCAA championships, The best attended collegiate golf event I've ever been to. Oh, by far. By far. I I remember looking at you right before the awards ceremony, and you had all the members on the balcony. I mean, you had – I think ESPN was there doing a documentary on Howard. So you had some extra cameras. There was Darius Rucker. I mean – There were so many people there, and a lot of them rode their bikes that they ran out of space to put everyone's bikes. That's just a little behind the scenes. Um, Very, very impressed. But I remember looking at you and looking up at the balcony, and I think we were thinking the exact same thing. I'm trying to think. You've been to a lot more the uh, NCAA championships than me, but I mean, Eugene's got to be up there. Carson Creek Creek. 2018, or every year they've hosted, has to be up there. But this is on par. I mean, this is on par with some of the other NCAA championships and certainly men or women regular season event. This is the most I've ever seen. It was phenomenal. You and I had that eye contact right before. I'm about to uh, introduce Darius Rucker to give the trophy to Matilde Kless. And I leaned into Ma- Matilde, uh, a South Carolina Gamecock, obviously a lot of uh, Gamecock Homer, there, so. come on. And I, but, but I said – Look at all these people, Mathilde, they're here for you. And she had that smile. And the truth you was made her cry. You made her wow, cry. Oh, cool. Well, well, that's what I do, right? The show wouldn't the show wouldn't be a success <laughs> if I don't get some emotion. Um, let's start right there. Let's start with Mathilde Kless, the senior from Paris, last semester, gonna go back home, not gonna play golf, academically strong, gonna further her education, loves finance. And it was clinical. She had only one top five finish in college golf, had been trending little by little in the right direction through her time. Other than maybe one misstruck iron and the three putt, her only one on the week on the back nine, she was up to the challenge. So a tip of the cap to her getting her first career win. Yeah, she was telling me afterwards that her adrenaline was just pumping so much. She had a flyer on the first hole. And so she was hitting over the green for the first few holes. And then she started adjusting and then was started to come up short. And that last approach shot into 18, people who were watching on television may have noticed that she went basically right at that flag. I talked to Kaylin Anderson, her head coach. She said, no, oh, no, she was trying to go five meters left, just pushed it a little. I don't think Kaylin actually knew this at the time, but Matilde told me that, you know, she was thinking about p- hitting the safe shot, but then, quote, "eff it, I'm gonna go right at the flag." She aimed just about two meters left, cut it in there, gave herself an easy two putt, and first college victory. And I mean, you could just see how much this meant—not just to Matilde, but to her entire team and her and both her coaches. I mean, the tears were flowing. Uh, she's the leader of this team. I mean, there are Hannah Darling is the horse. She's the star player, but Matilde Kless is the veteran. I mean, people forget that she was in the same recruiting class as Pauline racine Bouchard, and for a while there, in high school, you know, in junior golf, she was actually ranked ahead of Pauline in the world amateur golf ranking. Right before college, blows out her knee working out and it took her a little while. As you said, that steady progression, she was 116 in golf stat as a freshman, 122 as a sophomore, 53 last year, entered this week at 63. She'll she'll surely jump up probably 20 or 25 spots at the bare minimum. But as you mentioned, unlike the LSU's Ingrid Lindblad, who was playing in the same group as her, who's going to probably go on and do great things as a professional golfer, she doesn't want anything of that. And I was just impressed at the fact that she's still playing at this high level when most people in her position might be looking forward to grad school and going home and that career in finance and what she wants to do uh, but you got to I mean you got to give her credit I mean she she looked like the player who was ranked you know highly coming out of high school I mean she she looked like one of the best players in college golf this week yeah. And South Carolina team-wise, we thought had the chance to finally win. A little bit of a struggle other than Matilde. Everyone else didn't quite have their best stuff. Uh, and I'll quickly say it's the game plan of Kaylin Anderson, not to come in second, but to get 1% better every day. She said, I've had too many teams that were so good. Number one in the country, go lay an egg uh, at the NCA." So she's sort of got them together more as a group, has been a little tougher when needed, has been softer when asked for. Um, Even though they didn't win, I like the dynamic because they were certainly one of the few teams everyone talked about the last couple of years. So maybe this just keeps them going in the right direction, as she told me yesterday morning. Today won't define us as a team for the season. They played all right. They didn't play great. But kudos to LSU fourth win of the season we've always talked about ingrid Lindblad, latana stone carla tejedo big three as good as any in the country there was a point yesterday in the final round where those three were 10 over par and the two newcomers edith hertzman a freshman fifth collegiate event anya Donigan, transfer from indiana a sophomore were seven under and i was looking at the scores in a break and i said if they play like this they're one of the three or four best teams in the country. I don't want to overstate it because it was one day, one week. We know what Ingrid can do. We know what Latana. They now quickly become one of the three to five teams, in my estimation, that can win it all at Greyhawk. Yeah, it's easy to kind of overreact to one tournament. But when you look at the field and you look at the fact that Teams like LSU, teams like Wake Forest only have one more regular season event until they get the conference championship season. Uh, I think this was huge. I think this makes LSU the team to beat in the SEC. They're the reigning champs in the conference. And I remember writing the spring preview coming into this this semester and noting the fact that LSU, three-headed monster at the top. I mean, everyone knows about the big three that they have unknowns throughout the rest of the lineup and talking to Garrett Runyon last night uh they they saw that you know they they saw that and uh I mean I'll tell you what they're not unknown anymore Edith Hertzman that putting struggle, she, she's a she's a star
0: that she's an absolute she's star in the strength
1: major. I mean she she just looks the part you look at her like she's gonna be she has the potential to be really good He walked on the range. I looked at Garrett. He smiled. I smiled. We didn't say anything. I watched her hit four balls. I smiled again and walked away because he (laughs) saw what I – it's one of those, hey, don't get me wrong, needs to be refined a little bit. But other than the hiccup on 17, tell me what she did wrong. She didn't. Didn't do anything wrong. Um, LSU is intriguing. And now you wonder, come Greyhawk, we talk about it every week, is anyone going to catch Stanford? Well, they might. They might not. But there's two big question marks, as we've touched on the last month. Well, Rachel hacked Brooks a, not in the lineups. Well, we have reasons why. Another concussion for Brooks say, similar situation a year ago. Her return sooner rather than later, always being cautious, uh, with concussion-like syndromes. Not the same can be said about Rachel Heck. Hasn't played in four to five months after speaking with Ann Walker, head coach at Stanford. Shoulder issues. Finally diagnosed with thoracic outlet syndrome, if I said it right. surgery's on the table. Physical therapies on the table. We're not going to speculate and never get into that. But let's just go with what we know. If those two don't get back in the lineup, or maybe just Brooke does and Rachel, I think it's game on for six to eight teams to catch them now. Yeah. And you look at Oregon's ninth place finish. This was their first trip out to the East coast. And it was funny right before they left uh, to head back to Oregon, uh, Derek Radley said, man, the East coast just kicked our butt. And, uh, but they'll, they'll, they're still one of the best teams in the country. One palace Verdes a couple weeks ago, wake forest, and maybe a little inconsistent this week, uh, but close strong ended up climbing a couple spots to fourth he throw San Jose State in there I think there's actually going to be during spring break there's going to be I think it's like Auburn um maybe it's South Carolina Arizona State San Jose State there's going to be a dual match you know kind of out in the desert getting ready for Greyhawks. so all these teams are kind of showing us what they're all about and you know, as you said, you, you take Stanford down a couple notches with Rachel Heck and Brooks A out of the lineup potentially. Um, we already know Rachel Heck is not playing the guest National Women's Amateur. She's no longer in the field on their website. But you take those two out and – what's it, seven seven teams maybe? Yeah I, I think you, yeah, I think you can add another three to five. Combination of what we saw at Hilton Head um, – to everything else. So it, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. We'll keep you updated. Obviously, we want Rachel and Brooke to be there. We, we want to see the best teams at full strength. Um, so we'll uh, keep everyone uh, appraised of that situation. Uh, from the women to the men, another great event in Vegas, Southern Highlands Collegiate. Um, I think you asked me who's who's got the most to prove, and I said North Carolina. Then you reminded me of Austin Greaser, the, the injury. And then the day one, I think I texted you. I said, well, apparently he's not that hurt because he's seven under through 12. Uh, But you look at the final tally, and I think we threw this team out there last week. Illinois, as you know what? It's been a couple years for head coach Mike Small. Oh, what did they do? 11 under the last day. Overtake North Carolina and others. A two-shot win. I believe their fourth win of this season. Put them in the mix. Texas, number two, proving the Southwestern Invitational. I don't want to say was a fluke, but we thought, oh, wow, these freshmen can play. They continue to go well. Pepperdine, they're they're not going away. I always felt like, okay, they're in the mix as well. Uh, North Carolina, they struggle. That was their tournament to win, and they didn't. So I'll circle back to what you asked me. Who had the most to prove? I thought North Carolina sort to, of to go toe-to-toe with Vandy winning the week before, and uh, quite honestly, seeing the scores on that final day, uh, quick average, I mean, North Carolina was six, seven, eight shots worse than the field average. Yeah, no, it's uh, like the Darius loaded field. Um, I, 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 I if, if I'm North Carolina, I'm especially disappointed just because of the way they started, right? I mean, you shoot 271 in the first round, you look like you're going to run away with it, and then you don't. But I don't know. I mean, I'm not sounding the alarm too much on them. Uh, I I think they'll be just fine, especially with with Greaser playing well. But you mentioned Pepperdine. They're a top three machine right now. Um, William Mao, another top five finish, certainly in that player of the year conversation Maybe right uh on the bubble for that if we're looking at maybe five or six guys in the running you know kind of at the top of that conversation um there's there's a ton of storylines i mean we go down to your florida gators burko i mean yushin Lin gets his first college win and they tie third third straight win by a different gator in the spring beyondy castillo yushin Lin as a gator and as a head coach jc deacon if you just can get them to play well the same week. I mean, Fred Biondi struggled. I was texting with JC. He said, one of those weeks, it happens. It was bizarre. 81st. And he said, I'm excited to see how he's going to respond. That's a great coach to realize. Talented player. Let's not go nuts. But, yeah, I love my Gators. i got my Gator shirt on. Beat just, play well, Be just two players, though, Berka. Beat just two guys. But, I know. I know. Oh, it was no good. Which I'm going to sell it a different way. They had a chance with what number three in PGA Tour U playing awful. They're getting the support at four and five, yeah. nothing flashy, but I mean, I'm looking at the last day score 70 and 72. If you can go two under from your four or five guys, and I mean, I'm even more intrigued about it. Day two, not quite as good, uh, five over from your four or five guys. Um, and then John DuBois was a – you know what I mean? But they've got the support at the back end. You know, they're close, but we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, I I'm, I'm not fully sold yet. Um, i get got question mark for me as well. Yeah, a little bit more to prove. I think Georgia Tech is another one of those teams where I've seen it a little bit. But, you know, they had to climb five spots and shoot 272 last day just to get into a tie for six with Florida. But But the fact that they shot 16 under – shows you what intrigues us about oh, the yeah. Yellow Jackets. They, they they got it in they got it in the tank. They got the depth. Bartley Forrester's gotta kick it into gear. I mean the Subaru's gotta get going. He's gotta get gassed up. Um, <laughs> because he hasn't played that well. But if he can turn it around, I, I'm I'm you know, I like them as a potential match play team. But did was I the one who called Illinois last week or, or what I think you? so. I we were remember. we were both talking about it. Yeah we were both foolish I think runners. we Yeah, but I mean <sighs> Hey, some of their events they play in—they're good. They're not great to show up in Vegas and do that. Th- yeah, maybe this is the year. If it's not Bandy, if it's not North Carolina, you know, Mike Small will absolutely get the very best out of his kids. It's—it's um, it's one of those weeks that you're like, from the women to the men, I can make the argument. Those are the two best regular season events, uh, respectively. At least two of the very best um and it follows up at Cabo another good field uh for the men at Cabo and you sort of touched on it time's running out in terms of there might just be an event or two left on schedules conferences a month away i mean we're if you're a head coach i would think you want to feel really good about who your five are and if not you've got 3 weeks to figure it out yeah, and, and this is Illinois' five. I mean, they're going to have the two seniors at the top with Adrian Dumont Chassard and Tommy Cool, Matisse Bessard, the transfer from Illinois State, uh, Pearson Hunt and Jackson Buchanan. That's going to be their five. And I talked to Mike Small yesterday morning after they got back uh, into Champaign. And seven of the last 11 years that they have made match play at the NCAA championship, uh, granted the big run of the... Peters and the D and the Hardy and Meyer led teams like that's kind of cooled off. You know, they've only been once in the last four NCAA championships, I think in terms of match play, but talk with Mike small. I mean, he, he always reminds me of this. I mean, they don't exactly get the best weather um, during the off season. I mean, it's very hard to go outside and play golf, but he actually thinks that's become an advantage because of what they've done at home with their indoor facilities and their hitting bays and their putting labs and all that stuff. I mean, these guys are getting better without going and playing golf holes and playing outside. And he says, because they have the technology and they have all the tools to do that. When, when they do get down South and start playing some early tournaments, there's not that much rust to shake off, but then they're ready to go. Like they're excited about going and, and playing Whereas, you know, maybe you're some teams in these Southern climates, the weather is perfect outside. You really feel like you got to go outside and spend four or five hours out there every day getting better because you can. I, I think Mike Small's to something and it helps that he's a really great motivator and a really great coach. But I mean, this is a team that kind of reminds me of that 2015 team at Concession Brooker. Remember when Illinois, they, they they won the stroke play. They ended up losing in the semifinals. I believe it was to, I don't know if they lost to LSU or USC. I forget. But basically, win the stroke play. That was a team that was very deep, top to bottom. Dylan Meyer and Nick Hardy were sophomores. You had Charlie Danielson, Thomas Dietree. Brian Campbell was a senior. This team isn't quite that team. But I would argue that the two best players this year in terms of how they're playing and how they've played all year may be pretty close, um, to what Campbell and, and D were, uh, that year for, for Illinois. So don't want to predict anything. I don't think they're going to win stroke play this year, but, uh, wouldn't be shocked at all. If, you know, they make match play for an eighth time and 12 tries. Yeah. Going to be a lot of fun to watch their progress likely to win another big championship although others will give chase before we go i know when i arrived at long cove you were talking to some of the coaches about the 500 rule give me a quick update give me some feedback from what they had to say and then i'm going to ask you what you think about it fair enough <laughs> so 500 rule we've had it in the men since 0708, um right right before match play went into effect and if you're listening to this podcast, you probably know what it is, but I'll give the spark notes. Head to head record, you play a tournament, 14 teams, you you win, you get 13 wins, zero losses, and and so oh. on.
0: Perfect. In described. order to be,
1: and just like other sports like college basketball, unless you win your conference championship and get the AQ into regionals, you have to have a winning percentage head to head record of five hundred percent or better, um, in order to be eligible for regionals. And on the men's side, when they first implemented it, we we saw more teams not figure it out, but coaches have figured it out by now. We only get two, maybe three teams a year. Sometimes we get none um, to finish inside that magic number on Golf Stat. So the men have figured it out. Now talking to the and I granted we were at an elite field with all elite teams. Though so I Furman was also there, I talked to Jeff uh, Jeff Hull, their their head coach, and. He's, he's against it. All these coaches, top coaches, are against it because it, it basically, I and, and I'll get your opinion on this too, Berko, but I'll just give a quick one and then I'll kind of follow up. But it, it forces you to think about the wrong things, I think, when you're making your schedule. It forces you to think about, oh man, I got to schedule some easier events and go beat up on some teams just to get wins. When what you should be doing is, I want to play the Darius Rucker intercollegiate nine times nine times a year. You know, I want to play against the best teams. These are the best players that we want to prepare them for the next level. I want them playing against the best players. You said it perfectly there, right off the top. As a coach, it gives you pause to think about things that maybe shouldn't be a priority, but have to be. And that's because we've heard it from the men. We've seen it from men's teams. Maybe a softer schedule due to three incoming freshmen. Others said we want to get beat up. Well, you know what? Sometimes they don't get past the 500 rule. I've seen other teams drop out of a tournament in March and enter a weaker field because they were six under 500. To your point, thinking about the wrong things, and you ask me the question, what do I think about it? And I have a one-word question-answer. Why? Why? No disrespect Because every other sport, that was the argument. You know, every yeah. other sport has it. No disrespect to the team that is – where is usually the cutoff? In the 50s or the 60s? You know, oh, so Mid-50s. the team that's – Yeah, so the team that will say 67th in the country that maybe wouldn't have got in now gets in. They're not going to win the national championship. Just you – know probably not going to happen um i had one coach uh in south carolina tell me i've got to put my schedule for the year in september 1st what if i get a transfer what if two girls leave mid mid mid-semester you're you're adding another layer and and if that is the response because everyone else is doing it bad response bad reason to change it As, as my dad always said be a leader, not a follower if all your buddies are jumping off a bridge or you jumping off with them. Hated to hear it. I say the same things to my kids now because everyone else is doing it. Um, and we had other coaches tell us. We don't need to name them. He's like, there's not enough parity to do it. There's not enough no. depth. Why? Why? There aren't 100 teams out there that can do it. Yeah the, the, yeah, the main and, – and I talked to the NCAA, and you understand, and I think Missy Farke from Arizona State said it best when I was talking to her, like she understands the end goal. Like you, you Everyone wants to give as many schools as possible opportunities to play in tournaments, but you see it on the men's side. It's not really achieving its intended goal. I mean, I, I ran through some of the bigger events on the men's side real quick, Olympia Fields in the fall lowest ranked team was army. And then after that was Indiana, all all the rest were very elite power fives, colonial event, Ben Hogan, TCU and USC were the quote unquote, worst teams there. Golf club of Georgia ETSU is the worst team there. And ETSU is a team that's been to the NCAA championship a handful of times in recent years. Uh, the, uh, the water sound, you know, not quite as an, an elite event, air force, and then Virginia tech. So, it's not It's not like you're getting the right states and the, and, and the Bradleys and, and these schools into these events. And if anything, you're potentially disadvantaging the Furmans and the really good mid-majors because if a coach needs wins, he's not going to invite Furman to his – he's not going to invite those teams ranked right around the magic number between 40 and 60 or so. He's going to invite the 90th-ranked team, but he's only going to do it once. You know, he's going to invite one of them. So I – I just don't think that it's like, I think the intended, you know, goal of it is good in theory, but it just doesn't work. And we haven't seen it work. And so again, I, 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 I get that these coaches ranked 120th want to play in these events to have opportunities and potentially increase their golf stat ranking to potentially get into regionals. Well, you think the 100 what is the 120th ranked team going to do in the Darius Rucker field? They're going to get beat by 40 shots. So yeah. you so you're going to be under 500 anyways, it's not going to matter. So I, I I just feel like we shouldn't be trying to dilute fields. And also there's just not like you mentioned uh, the parity, there's just not that many events. It's not an immense side where you can you can hand pick every week two or three really good events with strong fields. On the women's side, th- there's only one or two a week, and so if a team doesn't want to play this really strong field this week because they want to get wins, you know, they're they're potentially going to a, a tournament that is a, a few steps down in quality. And again, you know, this is all yeah, the the rich are getting richer, like we're looking, but we're trying to expose this. We're trying to make the sport more popular. We should be trying to get as many, like I said, as many Darius Rucker tournaments and fields as possible, get more on TV, and that's how you grow the sport. You don't grow the sport by letting, you know, one mid-major ranked 80th in the country into a big field once a year. I, I, I just don't think it has that intended purpose. And finally, I'll close with this. As a couple to- coaches told me, if, if you want to get into these big fields, you network, you build relationships. A lot of these assistants at big schools are getting some of these jobs. Um, so it, it, it can be done and also just try to host a tournament. You look at Hawaii Hilo on the men's side, they help host the armor RE every year. They get one of the best fields. I mean, they got canceled this year, but one of the best fields of the year and it's Hawaii Hilo. and they finish last, but they run a great event and they get to see all these great teams do that. That's the model. Like there are ways around it than to force someone by a bylaw that you have to do this like i i just i i'm not a fan i get i get the intended purposes i feel for teams that that want to give their players more opportunities but again there's 239 something teams in in division one women's golf it's a lot of teams you can't make everyone happy i think you got to focus on the stars the pga tour is doing it pro golf is doing it and i think that's how you grow women's college golf and you increase the exposure for that because darius rucker loaded field None of those teams worry about 500. Look at the crowd they got. Look at just the feedback from everyone there. They loved it. It was like a major championship. Like that's what we should be doing more of that. And I will digress. <laughs> I would say there's our two cents. There's our opinions. They're not worth the two cents put together. But uh, we've been around long enough to get uh, an idea of what we think's good and what we think uh, maybe misses the mark slightly uh we'll see in the years to come exactly what impact that will have busy stretch it's march we've got bay hill we got the players we've got a ton of college golf but as always we thank you for listening to college uh, golf talk enjoy it for brentley i'm burka we will see you next time right here